You're listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. With your hosts, Anthony R. Destiny, Joe Ferrani, and Jerry Kenna. Interviewing entrepreneurs, business operators, and investors. This episode of Between Two Bridges is sponsored by Paymark Payroll. Payday is the most important day to your most important people. And Payday is made easy at www.payyourpeople.com. got uh, another episode here i guess your 2023 wrap-up show if you will Uh, i've had a few guests on in the past uh, month or so so i think we should touch on them we joey and i uh went down to the north side it's usually a good start to a story (laughs) but uh went and checked out i guess you could call him a client or a guest but uh checked out matt's matt light's comedy show I, i was impressed and we talked a lot about this but like his promotion skills and and the way he puts himself out there and to see him pack a building just based on his ideas and what's in his head was pretty cool. Yeah. He's not hesitant to like, I mean, a lot of times I feel hesitant to do things, but man, he was like pretty much on point when he was on our show about what he was about to do. He did it. He came through and then you noticed today, actually he like flipped the switch and he's promoting comics in Houston already. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, this dude is on to the, the next thing. He, he's not, he's not like I did it. I'm done. Go back to work for paychecks. He's no, on, so he's keeping it going, you know? So been down there a couple of days. Right. So I don't even think he's there yet. I don't think he goes till February. Yeah, that's right. He said he wasn't going to go down until okay. February. Well, then the Steelers did what they did. So maybe he moved early Yeah, <laughs> just because, mm. Yeah, full house. Did he fill the place up? It was pretty full. I forget what the lady said the capacity was. 1,100, I think they had it set up for. So they didn't have the whole upper deck. I'm not real familiar with the indoor shows there because I always go when it's outside shows. But, yeah, they had, like, the bar bar upstairs, bar downstairs. We ran into Jelly Roll. We did. That was really Jelly Roll? I wish. Okay. Oh, was it? (laughs) No, it wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Looked a lot like him, you know. Yeah, and I saw him like that. later that night. I sure? needed a savior. Are you sure they looked alike? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, maybe a yeah. couple too many icy lights. We, maybe, uh, maybe there was a few. I, I think I was I was at my family's Christmas party before, so mm. I was feeling no pain there at the Matt Light show. So. Yeah, that's a good place to be. I wore my grandmother's Christmas sweater. That's perfect. Yeah, mm. I don't know how it fit me or it didn't. I mean, I didn't know. I don't. I didn't, didn't care. Matter. Yeah, I guess it didn't matter. But yeah, I mean that was a it was a whole unique like to hear him talk about it and then just to kind of go see it. Yeah, it was like man, this dude wasn't like pulling anybody's leg. Right. You know? Well, I think everybody thinks that being a stand-up comedian is just about getting up on stage and telling jokes and trying to be funny, but there's so much more to it. There's the promotion part of it, the selling yourself, the you know, managing your time and trying, trying to 
build your popularity, try to get something to go viral, try to book events, all while trying to come up with material to stay relevant. So and one thing I did there. learn at the show, and I knew this from previous experiences, but me and our destiny were heavy in a conversation, and the girl in front of us, just like any other Pittsburgher would do at a concert or a show, turned around and was like, you two need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, suspenders. <laughs> I guess it's time. And like, we looked at each other, and I was like, we think, sat down for, what, 30 seconds? <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking, like, at this point, you know what you do? You need to just sit here and shut the fuck up. You know, yeah, like, you, there's no You know problem. your role. Yeah. So, but yeah, we... Uh, Took the advice. Yeah, there, shut up. No, you yeah. would shut the fuck we up. We sat there for a little bit and then got up because we knew we would be too rowdy for that. I've been to other comedy shows and have definitely not talked out. And then you and I sat down and I was like, oh, I feel like I'm at a concert. So we just. It did have a concert vibe. He came out yeah, to Renegade. He right? did. Yeah. He talked yeah. about getting the Lombardi replica and like he dropped it. And then instead of, like, worrying that he dropped it, he just kicked it off the stage, which was <laughs> fucking by far. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It made a thud. Yeah. Oh, I was man. like, man, he that was poor caught guy. in the moment. <laughs> that poor guy that sold it to him. Oh, yeah. He was probably like, no. Because <laughs> yeah, remember he was talking about, like, rags. You got to, like, hold it with, like, gloves yeah. and yeah. it's nickel. And he, he booted it. Booted it yeah, off the stage. It. Yeah. <laughs> and they did air his uh, first pitch. Yeah. So I was uh, high and outside. High and outside. <laughs> outside. <laughs> but he's on to bigger and better things. We'll see what happens with him, man. It's uh, like you said, he's almost like a production manager. Did you catch his video that he released? The I'm on a bus. Yeah, that was funny. The, too. I'm on a boat parody yeah. with the Pittsburgh bus. He's like, I'm on a bus, motherfucker. He's yeah, standing on the bus on the north side. So like he's a, got a lot, a lot yeah. of good ideas and. And obviously comes goes through with them, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's working hard, just trying to make it happen, just like any other business owner we talked to. Mm -hmm. It's just a different business, but it's still a business. Yeah. And then we had a franchise owner, so Mr. Scampone. Yeah. Uh, you know, making dough, slinging dough, <laughs> slinging some dough. Uh, and, but you also saw him diversify into real estate, right? I think he yeah. talked about getting his license as well. So it's yeah. I think the way he's set up, and you see him on social media buying property and i think he's doing very well yeah i saw a couple pictures of the project he's working on now it's turning out really nice he's doing a good job um i think he's uh spending time and spending the right money and making the place that he's that he bought he's he bought in a neighborhood that um i think is up and coming but i think there's still a lot of landlords that are kind of half-assing it there mm -hmm. and putting together shitty apartments trying to uh cut corners and he's not um it was pretty clear by some of the stuff i saw that he's he's putting together a nice place and should attract a good tenant and should be a good investment for him so yeah i think the whole cutting corners thing just costs people more in the long run 100 percent. i mean everybody we've had on here right yep. yeah they're like just do it right the first time you don't have to fucking worry about it yeah so he uh what a unique story he has, you know, like what yeah. we saw the comments, people were like, people were really into that episode. I was really into it. I mean, I just, I think the kids got the, the moon is his object, you know, like he could do whatever he wants to have that. Yeah. I got a lot of feet, positive feedback from that episode. A lot of people that know him, but didn't know his whole story that reached out to me and, and, you know, expressed to me that, that 
that they knew, you know, they knew him. They knew that he owned the shop. They knew that he was into some other stuff like, you know, real estate and that he, he worked, worked hard, but had no idea everything he had going on. And, and that, you know, the general consensus after listening to that episode is he's got, he's got a bright future ahead of him. He's going to work hard. He's going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. That leads us to, I mean, I just was listening to the Rocco episode, and yep. he said, he said like, no matter what, he's going to outwork whoever. Yep. So that's kind of yeah. seems to be a trend, work hard, take chances. He had a lot of good stuff. If you follow him on social, he, he, I mean, my man grinds. He's he's putting out great content. He also is killing it as a lawyer, so it's yeah, it's peak. Yeah, he's yeah. it's a very impressive person there for sure yeah i was looking forward to that episode because i've i've known rocco a long time and when i shared his his episode on facebook i i said this but we have our and i said it during the episode our businesses are very similar you know being an accounting firm versus a a, a law firm our businesses are similar um and i can tell and every time i'm with rocco and we have a conversation i think this and sitting here next to him during the podcast was a more of the same where I'm like, we're going, we're going through the same trials and tribulations, just a little different, but we're dealing with the same thing. We're growing the same way. We're, we're struggling the same way. It was interesting and, um, inspirational for sure. You know, listening to his story and what he's accomplished and, um, he's smart but he works his ass off. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a good episode. If you haven't listened to it, it's definitely worth the time. Yeah, I mean, that, that leap he took, right? He was he said he was making a ton of money and then went to zero, you know, yeah. for himself. So, that I mean, that takes guts. Yeah, not only he so did it, at the same time his wife did it. Yeah, his wife did so it, So, it was like a family, yeah. like, just taking chances at one yeah. time. And I guess, you know, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it all together. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you got to take, take that the training swing, wheels off. Yeah. So, and then, you know, we're excited about the people we have coming up, right? We have a pretty good list. I think we're talking, we're yeah, we're basically booked up through March. So it's, yeah, we've got some interest. Um, it's funny. Every episode we put out, I've got more people reach out to me like, Hey, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to be on your podcast. Can I get on that podcast? And, um, and it's exciting to see people that, um, that I'm watching grow really successful businesses reach out and want to be part of this that we kind of thought up and thought, I don't know, let's see if it works. And it's kind of working. Yeah. You know, we've, I'm getting feedback. I had a, a guy text me that I didn't even know was listening. You know what I mean? Didn't know that he was paying any attention to this podcast at all. And he texted me uh, after the Matt light episode dropped and he's like, dude, I've been listening to every episode and my face hurts from laughing so hard at this episode. <laughs> it's great. Um, you know, just keep doing it. It's great, great content. So um, it's nice to hear that. Yeah. You know? I think it's crazy that we always have like notes in front of us, but we really don't, other than the first couple, we didn't have a script. No. And, and we just like flow with it. And then it seems like no matter what, it always comes back to the same three things. Like there's three principles in business, no matter what you're doing. So I like to see that keep growing and see, you know, maybe the beautician has the same theory or maybe someone has a secret sauce, you know, because yeah. we haven't found the secret sauce yet. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. But I like that. I, I like the fact that we're not scripted and we're not sitting here with a list of questions and it's not, 
you know, trying to get answers and like little segments. I think that's what makes this kind of communication, this kind of broadcast flow a little bit better. Yeah, yeah it's great. Gives Plus, people... none of us are like well versed in any of this shit. So, like, we'd probably fuck <laughs> a script up anyway if right. we had it in front. We're of not us. actors. <laughs> I just want to hear what people have to say. Yeah. People, uh, you know, I don't want to sit here and be like, listen, you have 30 seconds, and I want to know in your best time, in 30 seconds, give us the best 30-second spiel on how you started a business and got where you are. It's like (laughs) you're not ever going to get anything meaningful out of anybody. Mm -hmm. But just sitting and talking to somebody, it's it's good to hear what's going on and, and that it's not always easy because I'm sure there's people out there that are in the middle of, especially now, in the middle of some really hard times. Mm-hmm. That uh, maybe listening to what was Rocco's story about when he bought something at the convenience store and he had that sign. That's when he knew it was uh, the, the right the thing. The triple sevens. The triple yeah. sevens. You know, when you think, yeah, there's there's people out there right now that are ready to quit. Maybe yeah. there's something that they just need to kind of pay attention to. So, or just people out there that are like thinking about doing it and they just won't. Take well, that leap, take the leap, you know, and and I think that if they would follow along, just five episodes that we have, it would not only have they been great guests to us, they've all opened themselves up. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a question, call them. I, I know we're we're focusing on these three, but Mara was one that like put yeah. him out there, like, hey, call me. Like he's been there, done that kind of guy. Yeah. Like so that's pretty cool for people, you know. And there's there's hundreds of people out there that have made it through the trenches that want to tell somebody this is. Don't do it this way. I'm not telling you you can't, but I'll help you, you know. I mean, I don't know that if I, I've not hit that point yet to, like, give people guidance, but, you know, in a couple of years maybe I can. But yeah. it's important to, like, because we don't really have that anymore. Like, there used to be this, like, the, the boys club. Everybody would go to the country club and you had, like, these people. But now a lot of times people are real closed off. They don't want to tell you how to do things because they feel like you're going to step on their toes. So, like, with these guys, they've all been open to it. So, yep. that, that's been pretty cool. So, we got year-end, right? Um, you know, you, you talk about all this TikTok nonsense and, um, you know, Tesla and all, all the major things. But from, like, your tax standpoint, what do you see most where people are leaving money on the table that maybe they could take advantage of in these last couple of weeks here? Um, well, the, the biggest thing on everybody's mind right now is – trying to save money for taxes. So it's, it's that time of year where everybody's doing tax planning and kind of in panic mode, you know, because they've got to get that money spent by the 31st. And, um, you know, I've got a handful of clients that, um, and, and let, let's face it, the things are a little tough out there. So I've got mm-hmm. some clients that the last thing they need to worry about is um, taxes. Um, but I do have some clients out there that had really good years. So we're trying to figure out how to shield themselves from tax liability, whether it's spend money on on equipment or vehicles or um, year-end bonuses, um, uh, maybe pay some expenses for January, you know, pay some things early kind of thing to try to get some, some bills paid, um, hold off on some, some billings if necessary, uh, that kind of thing. So just try to control the revenue. Uh, none of which is even possible if you don't have any idea what your numbers are all year round and you're just kind of winging it, then you have no fucking idea where you're at. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then you'll be real surprised whenever it's April 15th and you owe a shit ton of money and there's nothing you can do about it at that point. But uh, right now that's the biggest thing as far as 
you know, on the accounting and tax world right now is trying to figure that out. Uh, there's a couple other things that are that are floating around out there. There's this new uh, regulation from FinCEN that I, I did see that. What's up yeah. with that, man? So I guess you know, and I'm I'm going to give you a real high level explanation of it. I actually had a pretty long conversation with Rocco about it um, because it was on his radar. We had a long talk about it, but basically the it's a it's a new registration that you have to do an annual report or a report rather reporting requirement for every LLC or uh, corporation uh, in the United States. Uh, there's a handful of exemptions, like if you're a 501c3, like nonprofit, or if you have, if you're a large company, um, and it's something like six million. If you're over six million dollars in revenue and you have over, I want to say it was like 20 employees or something like that, then you're exempt from it. But uh, everybody smaller than that has to do it. And the whole idea is they're trying to eliminate money laundering schemes. Um, there are. Pennsylvania is not one of these, but there are states out there that will allow you to set up an LLC completely anonymously. Mm. So, like, near Montana, you're out Wyoming, um, you can set up an LLC there without any sort of name in, attached to it, uh, publicly, anyway. So, there's issues where people will set up a company and then launder money through it. So, what the feds are doing is they're trying to crack down on that. So, in order to crack down on that... They're requiring everybody that has an LLC to file a report showing their beneficial ownership, meaning anybody that has actual ownership of the company or is in an employee situation where they have um, decision-making powers. And that's where it's kind of fuzzy, and that's where it seems like a lot of... um, a lot of accountant accounting firms and business owners are leaning more toward on their attorneys to do this work um, rather than do it themselves or hire their accountants to do it uh, because determining who actually qualifies as a beneficial owner uh, is a little bit more um, complex than just like well who owns a company so um, but it's a big deal. If you're in, if your LLC is already in existence as of December 31st of 23, you have all year to comply. So it's not like we have to rush and do it this week or anything like that. But if you set up a new LLC after January 1st, you have 90 days to file this report. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually extended to 90 days. After 2024, it goes down to 30. Um and if you don't register by the time frame, then the the penalty is five hundred dollars per day. Uh, that's what I saw. And I yeah. was like, geez. And if you have multiple LLCs, like you know, we have multiple companies, it's not total five hundred dollars per day. It's five hundred days per LLC per day. So you could have, you know, I have I don't know, six or seven LLCs at this point. Yeah. You know, we're talking three grand, three grand, thirty five hundred dollars. <laughs> How extensive a day. is the reporting though? Well, it depends. It seems There's like three it's pretty different, basic. Well, it depends. There's three different levels of it, and that's what I'm trying to work with Rocco about. There are some a more complex one, and the government, you know, they do this um, estimating where they tell you how much of a time burden it should be to complete the paperwork, and it's everything from like the simple one that says ninety minutes 
but the most complex one, they say that it, it should it could take as long as six hundred and fifty minutes to complete. Um, and then the best part of it is is that they tell you that in order to complete it, a reasonable amount of money it should be to ch- uh, it should cost you for a professional to do it for you is like fifty six dollars an hour. I'm like, do you know an attorney that works for fifty six dollars an hour? No. no, I don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wild. So it's like I don't know where the fuck these people get these these figures and where they think like we're still in the 1950s that attorneys work for fifty dollars an hour, but well, that's because every attorney's filing a tax return saying they're making fifty six <laughs> bucks a fucking so hour. Everybody, <laughs> that's not something you can do as an accountant. You need so that's everybody what, needs a lawyer. At this so that's point. what I'm trying to figure yeah. out is if it's the simple ones we can do it. From what I was told is that I guess there's accounting firms that are leaning toward the attorneys doing it because there's uh, insurance companies for like our errors and omission insurance that are telling accounting firms that like, this is legal work. Mm. We're not covering you. Yeah. So don't even start it. So that's the, where we're trying, I'm trying to talk to my insurance guy and be like, so can I do this? And you know, I don't want to get myself jammed up where if we make a mistake, I'm not gonna be covered. Um, But I don't know. It's um, and then it's something like you only have to do it one time unless you change something. But it's something is like inconsequential as like one of the beneficial owners moves. You've got to file another report within thirty days hmm. to say that that person moved, or else it's five hundred dollars a day. Yeah, they're Jeez. just tracking everything. They're tracking everything, and mm. you know, I don't know. There's there's talk that. Oh, this won't last. It'll die. They're not going to actually go through with it because that's the government does this. They do it all the time. This whole Venmo thing where they made it so that everything's six hundred dollars. They're going to start sending ten ninety nines. They, it's almost like the government like releases this stuff and then goes, let's see what they say. Yeah, and then everybody loses their freaking mind. Well, instead of the compliance off. officer for these things, why don't they get the fuck to work and release the ERC money? Yeah, you exactly. That's they've been, been holding back yeah, hostage exactly. because of people that were scumbags and set up fake companies to right. steal ERC. And the cra- the thing that cracks me up is that it seems so obvious. Like I years ago, I had a conversation with a, an IRS investigator because of. Um, all the identity theft issues that the IRS has, where somebody will, um, accounting firms are subject to it all the time, where somebody will hack into an accounting firm and steal social security numbers and then file fake tax returns, right? Um, and basically steal the tax refunds. Nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100, they never touch your credit, they never do anything, but they just take a quick tax return. They put together a bullshit tax return with like huge credits basically steal a big tax credit and then they disappear. The money disappears, right? And then the taxpayer goes and tries to file their tax return and it gets rejected because somebody already filed for you. Um, Happens more than you'd like to know. Mm. Um, But I had a conversation a few years ago with an IRS agent and he said, he told me something like, uh, and actually I got an article that, that talked about it, that there's some ridiculous amount of money every year and fake refunds that go to like Russia. <laughs> like there's one address in Russia that got like $20 million worth of re- refunds. You'd think somebody would have noticed. <laughs> yeah, not a very good investigator. You know, 
like all the yeah. shit that my clients get hassled for and you know pennsylvania comes well i don't know if that union dues was accurate i don't know if we're going to give you that 200 dollars refund but let's send 20 million to fucking russia <laughs> they uh they do that like if you do online gambling or any kind of like fox yeah. bet or something and you put your card in pnc banks calling you the next morning mm-hmm. like hey were you a dollar 29 at mcdonald's was that you <laughs> Yeah, that was me. Twenty million to Russia. No, that wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't me. All right. But yeah, I guess they gotta, like you said, they're like throwing it out there to scare people too, like a scare tactic a little bit. Yeah, I think they're. I think a lot of times the government does that with these new regulations. They float it out there to see what kind of pe- what kind of reaction they get out of the public, and and that like the the Venmo thing with the six hundred dollar limits, um, they've backed off of that. They pushed it back another year. I wouldn't be surprised if that just disappears. Um, yeah. like years ago, they did did that with 1099 reporting. Uh, the law states and has always stated that if you pay a contractor or anybody, um, like any sort of outside services consultant, more than $600 in a year, you're supposed to 1099 them, unless they're a corporation. And the reason they do that is if you go to Home Depot and spend thousand dollars they don't want you to have to go send a 1099 to home depot right. it's ridiculous like the administrative nightmare that it would be for you to send out a 1099 to every corporation you spent over 600 dollars is unreasonable to a small business so they don't do it years ago probably i don't know it's probably 10 years ago the irs floated that they wanted everybody to 1099 everybody and no matter if it was over 600 dollars, you had to send a 1099 corporation or not didn't matter and I remember hearing, reading that, thinking, "You're you got to be kidding me! Like the amount of work, and, and who's gonna you're gonna go to Home Depot and be like, I need you to fill out this W nine so I can ten ninety nine you? Like it's fucking ridiculous. I deal but with that just W nine all the time. People, disappeared. People are constantly asking, like, I'm like, dude, I just cleaned house for you. Like, relax. Like, just send me my check. They're like, oh, we need a W nine. Yeah, because they got a ten ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So what is the cap for ten ninety nine? Six hundred bucks. Still. Yep. If it's over six hundred. But it used to, it was the, the, the problem is, is there's a lot of, there's exemptions with this online sales stuff. So if you sell through Etsy or eBay, um, they don't send you a 1099. eBay doesn't send you a 1099 if you sold $600 worth of stuff on eBay. Um, you have to hit a different threshold. I think, I think it's like 25,000 bucks. I assume that's why my landlord's never required one. They just don't need it. Um, because they have so many properties. I mean. They're not just here in the states; they're all everywhere. Your landlord? Yeah. Well, you you should be probably ten ninety nine. You probably ten ninety nine, and I don't even know about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it. Yeah, just probably a Jenna thing. She probably handles that for you. Mm. But uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's certain it's six hundred bucks, and then it then there's also things like if they're an attorney, you're supposed to always send one. If it's a mm. A landlord, you're supposed to always send them and things like that, but um, a lot of people don't. But they, the IRS can penalize for that. So hmm. um, it's kind of getting to the point with them that I like do your fucking job. Yeah, and then come tell me I'm doing my job wrong because it's yeah. it's getting ridiculous. Hmm. They, uh, I mean, we've seen it like in the last five years. Hey, you didn't file this. Oh wait, you filed it. We're gonna waive the penalty. It's like, well, no. You sent me a letter to waive the fucking penalty because you fucked up. Like, yeah. where, you know. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Yeah. Where's the. <laughs> Found where, it. You know, send me a letter on, like, like a bad month, like July, when I'm slow, telling me I owe seven grand. 
and then like three weeks later send me oh our bad it's like yeah. where the fuck where's the penalty on your end I like yeah. the ones my clients will send in They'll, we'll get a letter saying they owe money or something we'll send in paperwork saying no they don't here's the paperwork showing that they don't and then you know two months later they'll get a letter back that says we received your response we need another 60 days to review your paperwork <laughs> We'll be in touch. And then two months later, you get another letter saying, we're still reviewing your response. We need another oh. 60 days. And I've had clients that have legit gotten like five, six, seven of those letters. letters. And they're like, I'm so glad that every two months I get the same letter that says that they're still working on my shit. But the first one said that they owed because it was wrong. Yeah, it was <laughs> so wrong. Now you're reviewing it. And there's still a possibility that after all these 60-day windows that they're going to come back and be like, no, yeah, you're still wrong. And here's all the penalties and interest for <laughs> yeah. the year that it took us to tell you that. Right. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's horrible. It's a, it's a mess. It's horrible. I guess you uh, had a conversation about me today. Was that yesterday? I did? Yeah. Talked to my father-in-law. Yeah, so yeah. it was yesterday. Yeah, he said I got a chance to talk with Jerry. I'm like, everybody knows Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> They're so. pretty popular, man. Yeah. How much of that are you allowed to talk about on the air? I don't know, man. If you look at the contract, probably none of it. Yeah, probably none of it. Probably about 110000 sp- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if we don't talk about the physical address. Are they going to accept your new LOI? Uh, we were waiting to hear. So. Yeah, it'll only take them two months to get back to you. I know. We're going to be, maybe we'll close by next Christmas. Yeah. They'll send you a letter in two months that they're they'll sneak still something else in there. Yeah, another hundred grand. Another hundred grand will sneak in there. It's I just think it's funny because, like, um, to me, small business owner, right? I just mm. the biggest word I see all the time is like, we want to see that he has skin in the game, and it's like, how about taking a home equity line on my house, not renewing my fucking lease, and pretty much going broke to get it? Like, that's all the skin you need, motherfucker. Like, it's like <laughs> that's everything you got, like, you know. And that, did they start the process on the home equity? I don't know. I think we kind of backed off whenever that LOI came in. So. I think we should start that process anyway. Yeah. Get we were trying to pull started. them both the same. Yeah, I think we should start that one because that way it's existing debt. That'll be better for you, I think. I'll talk to them about that tomorrow. But um, We keep meaning to have Jason Ross on this show. Yeah, he's on this list. All right. He wants to do it. Um, but, yeah, like like Anthony was saying, uh, we've, we've gotten a nice little list here of people and – um, we're actually to the point where we are actually booked out to April. Huh. Yeah. It's All working. Right. It's pretty it, good for a Just a heads idea. up, Sarah. Yeah, I'll be busy Wednesday, Thursday <laughs> nights, once a week. Yeah, once a week. April. Just once a week. Yeah. I've, I mean, I read, I had two people reach out to me today that uh-huh. wanted to be on it. And, um, I think it's, uh, Every time we drop an episode, somebody reaches out and talks about how much they're enjoying it, and it's Ball good content. Rolling. The ball's rolling. It's rolling. Somebody told me yesterday that the average podcast only lasts eleven episodes. I think we're at seven. Okay. I think we're. I think this episode was seven, mm-hmm. and then, um, but we already have. Uh, eight recorded, and, and then, then we record another one soon here. Yeah, so we'll be at nine. So I think we're I think we're gonna hit eleven. Yeah, and then we're gonna keep on rolling. Yeah, we gotta get it's working. Some... We haven't even had to take our clothes off yet. No, it's probably gonna hurt. You've us been pretty we... tame, Joe. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I have been pretty tame. I thought I was going to get a little more loose with Matt Light in the room, but, you yeah. know, he kind of – he did have some funny things, but he really got business-oriented. And when he hit us yeah. with the surviving cancer, I was like, well, I guess I'll keep my shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. The show, on the other hand, I did not remain as calm. That did was, you Did you take your shirt off? No, I kept my shirt on. I was cold as shit. Mm. Uh, yeah. So. But, you know, he was saying about tequila. Was it tequila cowboys? Yeah. He's like, they'll just throw you out for no reason. Well, apparently McFadden's won't let you in for no fucking reason. <laughs> you, I stood in line and they were like, yeah, you've never been kicked in. out before I went in, Joe. Dude, so you got me I there. And, and I was by myself with no crowd, just miserably cold in line, like crossing my arms. Just with my ID. there. And like when I got up there, I just handed my ID like this. And I do think it was my concealed weapons permit. Oh. So it was kind of like, I gave, I was like, oh shit. And then gave him the other one. He's like, yeah, I'm just not going to let you in. And I'm like, huh. But like at Did that point, say, I took I'm it. a 40 year old man. Like, yeah, I think that's what it was. Is like, I had a lot of years on a lot of people there. You know, I looked like I was probably going to shoot the place up when I got inside. They were, they were just probably doing what was And you low key just handed him your concealed carry permit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that, and that, like, I really I'm didn't not argue. Trouble, I swear. <laughs> in the past, I would have been like, what the fuck do you mean? You know? But yeah. I was kind of like looking around and I was like, I probably don't need to be in there right now. You're probably like, I get it, bro. Yeah, bro, it's you fair. Nailed it. It's yeah, fair. Dude. Good job. Kudos to the door guy at McFadden's. Shout out to that race. guy. <laughs> yeah, shout out to that. So where did you go from there? He saw me back come. to you. Oh, okay. And then we headed. Most, I was in a Tesla, dude. In a Tesla. Yeah. Uber Tesla. Seems unpractical. Like a giant waste of money to do that, right? What? Ubering in a Tesla? Yeah. I mean, I guess they... Can they write that off? Why isn't everybody driving Lamborghinis around if you could... Because you'd have to have <laughs> for, a four-door to be an Uber. Uber. Oh, okay. There's no... Although, if my Uber pulled up... Uber Sports was a Lamborghini, car. I'd sit in the front without a problem. I always thought... Yeah. Unless it's, like, a bunch of people. I always thought it'd be fun to Uber. I've seen videos online about, like, guys that get, like, uh, Charger Hellcats... Just let it rip. Yeah. And then pull up and it's like, blah, 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 blah. blah. You know what I mean? Just, and then when they get in, just do a 90. Yeah. Send it. Yeah. One star. Just go crazy. Yeah. Get, make sure you get one star. Yeah. Just, oh, I mean, yeah. I've seen the videos where like they pretend like they're bombed when they pick them up. Like, uh, they're just swinging bottles and hanging them out. I'm like, that's pretty bad. I'd be like. I heard bird for three months or so. Yeah. Bought my wife's uh, engagement ring with it, so it worked I, out. I did it before. You know, I uh, did it before. It's a grind. Yep. I wouldn't do it full time, but. Me either. Actually, I did it. When I did it, I, I had some fun with that shit. I, there were some fun nights. We Yeah. I, I Ubered on a Halloween night one time. Uh, probably crushed Dude, it. Yeah. Crushed it. <laughs> and all I did was I hung out, like, around, like, Southside and, like, just yeah. took people to, like, Halloween parties and stuff. Yeah. Dude, it was the it was probably one of the fun most fun evenings I've had. Like yeah. just people that were bombed all dressed up and <laughs> it was hilarious. Man. But it's definitely a swing from when we were young and had to get a cab. Oh yeah. yeah. If you were lucky you could you know Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. You it's call like a cab. If, yeah. Didn't necessarily know if it was actually ever gonna show up. I had up. to get home from Mount Washington to Verona one time and just gave up. 
Just passed out by the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> I made it to the zoo though. <laughs> Dude. I I got a cab one time, like on we were down in Station Square and I must have just been hammered, got in this cab and was like, Take me to Oakmont, just I don't care where, just take me to Oakmont. You know, like I don't care, just get me across the yeah. Oakland bridge. It's a square mile, I'll figure it out. Dude, from there. drop me off in Oakland. Oh no. <laughs> I'm like, bro, like you can't leave me here. Like I'm this is no good. Like yeah. and I was dressed up like uh freshman fifteen, so I had like a tramp stamp on, like clip on <laughs> earrings, high heels, dude. I'm like ripping these earrings off. I'm like, get back here right now, you son of a bitch. Like yeah. it was just a bad situation. Uh yeah, it was uh, not the right place to be. They used to be able to run the meter up on you now. You agree to the number oh, the before pre-term, yeah. yeah, now you get I think yeah. they still can. No, is it fixed when you get? It's a fixed price when you get in, right? Is You're it? agreeing to? I always thought it went up if it, like you got stuck in traffic or if they. Yeah, no, because I, I mean, the last cab I was in, we went from, uh, actually Miami to, or Fort Lauderdale to Miami, and it was they had a running meter in there. Yeah, I was thinking more Uber, but I uh, don't know. Yeah, Uber I think's fixed. You agree to the price? Oh yeah. Yeah, and then if you want to tip more, it's more. Yeah. In the world of tipping, but they do the rates. Yeah. They they hit you with the rates. So like oh, if yeah. you're at a concert or a ball game, and uh, yeah, back when I Ubered a little bit, dude, that they called it surging. Dude, you could go out and surge the surge time. You could make some serious freaking money. <laughs> like after a pirate game, after a pirate yeah, game, or a any concert, concert, you could just uh, you could just park right in the red X. zone five times, <laughs> fucking rates and shit. You move somebody like three blocks, make forty bucks. It was a good day. It was that was a good time. <laughs> There's oh, a lot man. of side hustles out there. Yeah. Gigs, yeah. I guess. But tipping is out of control, man. Tipping's out of control. I think yeah. the grocery store asked me for a tip. Yeah. And it's like, what is going on? Yeah. I'm thinking about letting my girls put a jar up. She's like, what the fuck? You might as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they're doing just as much as anybody else. Yeah. Do you, you get know? tips often? Uh, my delivery drivers get tips. Yeah. Uh, the customers are nice. They bring, like, chocolates and stuff. But, like, yeah. on a day-to-day, no one really tips. Yeah. Like, but I feel like my girls are doing all that work. And Do you feel they should? That's, no, not yeah. not for me spe- specifically, but, like, for my girls. Like, yeah. you know, I've had situations where they find big money in the pocket. And, like, yeah. the customer should probably tip in that regard. But Yeah. But, I, I mean, everywhere is going to that route. And it's like, well. Yeah. So, you know, I'm. Do you get uh, tipped, Jerry? No. <laughs> For a Occasionally, good I'll have somebody that yeah. are like, oh, I don't need change. Okay. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, He's got a closet full of booze, though, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I got clients that are like, here's this bottle of bourbon. I don't know if they think I'm going to like not charge them. But I'm like, okay, thanks. It's $150. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but. Listen, I go to a restaurant and I like, you know, I go to like, I'm I, I, most of the time if I go to restaurants, I go to like one of the local places. So yeah. like, I know all the servers. I try to tip well, like especially this time of year. Yeah. Throw more money in there, write Merry Christmas on the receipt. Like those people, like they're, they've become friends, right? right. Um, go to a local coffee shop. Somebody makes you coffee, throw a tip in. Like that's all good. But do you know where I have a problem with it? <laughs> you know where I have. Where is the fucking problem, problem where it just rubs me the wrong way is when I go to Heinz Field <laughs> and I play like $26 for a fucking Miller Lite <laughs> and they're like, you can just push 15, 20 or 25% for the tip. And I'm like, you right. opened a can for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to give you 15% of this $26 beer. What the hell world am I living in right now? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, because yeah, you think about That's it, wonderful. if you go down and you have two drinks, like two beers at a bar, I usually was like a buck or two a beer. Yeah. 
You know, mm. you're at three dollars for that difference. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's so much money. <laughs> yeah, and you when don't like, stick around. At least stick around. We'll talk. We'll bullshit. Yeah, yeah. how bad my day was at work. Mm. You know, do you tip when you pick up food? If you drive there and pick it up, do you tip? It depends on where. Okay. I, it depends. Like if it's one of the local places, then yeah, every time. Mm. But dude, there's so many places that I find myself tipping because I'm like, I feel like an asshole if I don't tip <laughs> yeah. something because yeah. the machine says I should tip them. You know what I mean? Like it's this right. world. This and if I'm tipping cash living. in like that little jar, I won't put it in there until you're fucking. You gotta. Look. I'm like, dude, <laughs> or I'm getting all the crap. You gotta I'm hit like, the jar. <laughs> hit the, <laughs> you gotta hit the jar. You I want every it. ounce of fucking credit for that. <laughs> but I mean, I get it. But like, I also have always looked at it like, you know, maybe the restaurant owners have gotten away with murder for all these years, paying their employees a low salary and then tips yeah. for making up for it. So they didn't have to worry about it. So like, why in that business does he not have to pay his, his, his payrolls down low in that end of it? Where like, if you're a manufacturing company, you have to pay every one of your employees and nobody's tipping on the other end of that product yeah. you're building you know? yeah it's kind of a weird system that we've developed here go to a foreign country they look at you strange if you try to tip yeah and they, they all make a full insulting. rate they make a full rate whenever right. in a restaurant when they're serving you and they I, make a full i would hope that we get there someday like i would rather go in and order a salad that's 28 dollars than and and just uh, we're good here you know what's weird though is that you know, there's certain ratios that there's always when you have a small business that you have to try to abide by so like a restaurant Typically, in a restaurant, if you if your food costs are about thirty percent, your labor costs are thirty percent. If you can keep if you're if you can keep those two numbers at thirty percent or less, not combined, sixty percent combined, thirty percent each or less, you can be profitable. Right. Most of the time, um, and it's like clockwork. It's like it's science. I mean, to the point where your food costs for one month hit thirty one percent, you lost money. It's mm. crazy. Um, Which is probably a big problem right now for people. Huge. Yeah, I Huge. just Which is why prices are going up. But what what the what the weird thing about it is is that if you make those servers all get you know ten fifteen dollars an hour, that's going to make that thirty percent go through the roof. Mm. So food costs or your yeah the the revenue, the prices of these food of the food items is going to go crazy. And that thirty percent rule isn't just restaurants. I mean, that's a lot of businesses that operate on a 30% pay labor cost. Yeah. That's that's pretty typical. Um, I've always tried to get to 33, 33, 33. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it all depends on other fixed costs, too. Like, your rents are high because yeah. you're right on a main main drag. So your rent's high. So that has to, you know. Hurt, yeah. yeah, that hurts, too. So you have to watch that shit. And you can, you know, that's where that 30% rule doesn't always work because... The idea is 30% for labor costs, 30% for food costs, 30% for fixed costs, 10% for you, right? right? Mm. That's the whole idea. Um, but, you know, if rent is seven grand a month, then <laughs> sometimes it's harder. Rent, you got you, you to figure out a way to increase your revenue to make up for those fixed costs. And utilities are going to shit. Yeah. Util- I mean, everything. I was in an establishment shit. over in the Waterworks. I guess they're not a sponsor. The Walnut Grill. And they have a sign up behind their counter that says they've added a 3% charge to your check for, for whatever. No, no. For student cost of everything going up. Mm. And that if you don't want to pay it, you can tell them you don't want to pay it and they'll take it off. Wow. I'm like, why didn't, why didn't you just change your prices? Yeah, so who would pay it? 
Yeah, it's because the sign's this big, <laughs> and you're drinking at the bar, and you don't know that, that right. you you missed that sign this big behind the front counter. Uh, just just say so, and we'll take three percent off yeah. your bill. Like, it's like it just seemed like a yeah. sleazeball tactic. Mm. So if you're going uh, to Walnut Grill, I got a coupon code for you. It's called <laughs> Take the fucking three percent off. <laughs> there, there's a coupon code for you. So. I don't know. I think sometimes owners think they're like, oh, you know, they just get so frustrated with politics and everything that they're like, fuck, I got to do something to protect myself. Just raise your prices. Right. Mm -hmm. I have this conversation with clients so much right now because everybody's afraid to raise their prices. But, you know, we're living in a world where you really can't not. You have to. And and I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm a huge component of raising prices. You have to. And if you look at my incoming numbers, like you just go to my pieces this year. If I wouldn't have raised my prices what I, aggressively over the last two years, I'd be out of business right now. There's no doubt in my wow. mind. There's just no doubt you in my mind. You have to. You have to. Or you won't. You, you have to. Just take. Just look at your labor. Okay? Yeah. You want to maintain your staff. You want to keep your staff happy. You want to. You have to pay them. <laughs> Unfortunately, if, yes. You have to pay them, and you have to pay them competitively, or they will leave, or they will, you will only be able to hire shit bags that won't do any good work for you, right? right? So you have to pay people. And in order for you to be able to maintain good service and continue to pay people is to have prices to do so. To reflect it, yeah. You know, it's not like you're buying, it's not like you're raising prices just so that you can live it up. Right. I always say that, like, I'm like, I have a Kia parked outside, like, in my store, like. Well, let's not get ahead. Let's not get crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, you have have multiple clients. It's not like you're passing the buck on every, but, like, to me, it's like. These people, my customers, they don't bitch about prices. They really don't. I mean, very yeah, few just... and far between. And the ones that do, they're normally, like, not that good of customers anyway. And Because the other ones see me every day when they walk in. Like, I'm either at the counter or in the back. They see me face-to-face. You know, 60% of our customers want home delivery. You're not getting anything delivered to your house for less than 5 bucks nowadays. Like, it's just yeah. not the way it works. So, like, I can't come to your house and do a shirt for $2.25 that shirt has to be five dollars. It's just the way it has to be. And I think when I bought the cleaners, we were like a buck eighty-five a shirt. And it's like if I'd have stayed there, I would have been closed. I definitely wouldn't have made it through COVID, and we definitely wouldn't be around now. You know, it's just you have to raise your prices. Well, that's key, man. I mean, your prices literally kept you in business. You're saying, and like, I deal with it sometimes too. I mean, maybe you don't, but. People expect things for free. It's you know, my friends and family want stuff for free, and it's like I, I'm trying to make a living here too off of this. Oh, I mean, you know, it's that's the biggest thing I've noticed in my neighborhood is like where I moved is like everybody in my neighborhood gets it. They work. They're they're all like working families. But like, I would do something, and I'd be like, "Don't worry about it." And they're like, "You know, no, no, I I pay my way. I need to pay you." And I'm like, "That's pretty crazy," because like I'm. Just trying to like kind of fit in and get in where I fit in with my new neighbors, and they're like, "No, no, you did the work, I'll pay you." And I'm like, "That, that's cool. Like, I'm yeah. fine with getting paid for it too, you know." Yeah. But they don't, they, they don't expect like good people don't expect something for nothing. It's always the people <laughs> that are like, "This dude will hook me up," you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm still shocked Jerry charges me to do my taxes. I'm fucking floored by this. <laughs> floored by this. You haven't seen that new engagement letter yet, huh? No. Don't fucking send it to me. <laughs> All right, I'll just adjust the price. <laughs> you won't even notice anything. I'll put in a 3% clause. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a promo code, Rob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take 3% off. 
What are you going to do? I mean, these buildings don't fucking pay for themselves. These right. Corvettes don't fucking pay for themselves. Yeah. Dude, signing sending engagement letters. Well, the Corvette has nothing to do with my account. I want a drawing for who gets the ride shotgun with you. Like, we want to raffle. You don't have to raffle. I'll take you for a ride. I know. I want to go first, though. <laughs> no, Vinny's first. Vinny's first. Vinny's first. Are you going to go get it? Or are they, like, will you go to, where do they make them? Kentucky? Bowling Green. No, I thought about it. Uh, they offer museum delivery. So, if you go down there, the assembly plant and the museum are, like, right across the street from each other. And they have a museum delivery thing. It's, like, it used to be, like, a 1000 bucks. Now it's, like, 1500 bucks. <laughs> but, um, basically, what they do is... They build your car, you go to your dealership, you do all the paperwork, you pay for it, and then instead of them packing it up and shipping it to your dealer, they take it across the street and they pull it into the museum and they rope it off and they have like a big ceremony for you and it's like, they make it a pretty big deal. They take you on a plant tour and a museum tour and you get like VIP treatment for the day. It's pretty badass. And when we were, I was down there for a tour uh, this summer when we had our motorcycle trip and uh, I saw I got to see what they do yeah. and I'm like this is freaking cool and I thought if if the timing works I was going to do that because the what I kept thinking is I wanted to um, fly down with Vinny yeah. and then drive home with him because um, he would be like I mean that you're freaking nine years old you're going to yeah. go ride shotgun oh, from Kentucky man. back to Pittsburgh in <laughs> a brand new Corvette um, I mean, it doesn't get I'm much better. Staring forty in the face, and I want to ride in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, so is it like a conflict of interest with Vinny's schedule? Because like, I'll no. Be... So the problem, there's a couple problems. Because <laughs> I'll be like pointing at people on the highway. <laughs> Joey, like... Joey and I will go. So I'm in. We'll stop now, at the casino. So there's we'll a, be... there's a couple things. So first of all, um, the car is going to show up sometime January, February. So I'm not driving it home in the winter. Yeah. No. Um, no. So that's one. Two, they won't let you do a plant tour. Unless you're 13 or older, Vinny's nine, so uh, I won't be able to do that part of it. Which I think that's a big part of it. That's yeah, like yeah. when I was down there, we did a plant tour. We also did the museum tour. The plant tour was freaking awesome. Mm. And then the third thing is they just announced that they shut down all plant tours until further notice, which means they're working on something in there they don't want the public to see. Right. Oh. So in four years, Vinny will be 13. And whatever they're working on there, that's you'll be next. Buy. Yeah, and then you can do it then. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it at some point. But uh, so the timing didn't work out, um, and that's the problem, dude. You're at the mercy because it's you have no idea. Like I put my deposit down in November of twenty two. Yeah, like Just you have no idea out. when your number's coming up. And now you're getting a twenty twenty four. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, they the order went in, and they I got an email today that they accepted my order. So. Nice. She, they're they're building it, dude, or they're scheduling the build, I guess, at this point. So, awesome. Pretty exciting. So, let me see this list. Am I allowed to talk about this list? I don't know. Jesus, I, mean, I don't. You write I, like I think it's kind accountant. of it's kind <laughs> of a secret on who's coming yeah, next. We but we've leave, got. Uh, let's leave some intrigue. I mean, I can tell you that you know, talk we've about got a the lot industry. Industries. We've yeah. got. We've do got. We've we do have some more real estate people coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, we have somebody that reached out that is in the automotive industry, which nice. will be fun. Um, finance industry. Um, we got a bunch of different things here, man. It's some cool companies, restaurant owner. Uh, that's going to be interesting. 
I'm kinda, to say the least. <laughs> I'm kind of curious to see like where they go. Like, cause like I said earlier, we always end up like in that same circle. So like, it's got to be the same for everybody. If you're still doing it, if you've been doing it, or you yeah. got through those first like five years, mm-hmm. there's no turning back. I just that's one of the things like with Rocco is like he was in it forever and then kind of just was like. Peace. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm like hard left. Dude, hard left. Like <laughs> fuck it. Like And it I, worked, man. He yeah. crushed it. Yeah, I mean we talked with other guests and I couldn't even imagine selling my dry cleaners, but like I guess if the number's right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know, I guess a lot of times it's more the person's heart's not in it anymore. Yeah. So now you're doing yeah. something you hate. Do you ever think about building I mean, having a business when you well when you started your business, and I think a lot of people that start businesses, and maybe we didn't do this because I think both of our businesses, or all of all of our businesses, we kind of started with the idea of it being our life, right? Yeah. But a lot of people start businesses with the intent to sell that business. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just a different mindset. But I, you, when you stop and take a look at your businesses from that side – the way you build that business is very, very different. Right. You know, you, and I'm, I'm kind of looking at things like that now. And, you know, like we spun off the payroll business and, you know, trying to make more, not that I'm in any rush or anywhere close to deciding to actually sell anything, but eventually I would like to. Yeah. And I've been in positions like where people want to sell and they're so far I'm in a position to sell at that moment. Even if you would say, you know, I'll give you $100,000 for your business today, they couldn't say yes or no to that because they don't know what they have. Right. So mm-hmm. if you start looking at it as like, maybe I would sell, let's let's build it to sell it. You don't have to sell it, but let's build it to sell it. Let's yeah. quit taking so much money out of this business and kind of leave it there and, and structure it better. And yeah. Instead of like, a, this is my business and I'm stealing all the money from it kind well, of concept, you know? Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing that I've learned and I'm in a unique position because I get to see the finance side of everybody else's business. And I get to see un, I get to see the inner workings of other people's businesses, not mm-hmm. just mine, right. right? And right now, what's real, and it's maybe it's not just right now, maybe it's just that's the way the world is. But if you're, if you're trying to sell a business, the biggest thing right now is recurring revenue, right? Subscriptions. Um, just like, like for you, honestly, if I'm looking to build a dry cleaning business to sell, it's not counter sales. It's home delivery. It's subscriptions. It's people that are every, that are consistently every month, every week, whatever, Pay, spending money and having you pick up and deliver and having a record of that, which you do, right? Yeah. But being able to go to a buyer and say, hey, listen, you know, these, this is my top 300 home delivery customers. Between those top 300, they made, you know, half a million dollars last year or whatever. Yeah. Um, that's very, very, very sellable. Yeah, our industry is so antiquated and old you know like and it's gonna change you know i'm the youngest i'm one of the youngest guys in the business right now in our area by a long shot 
and it's going to change. The physical locations of dry cleaners are going to go away. You're going to get it dropped off and picked up, or you're going to go, like, they actually have kiosks now where you can go 24-7 self-automated. You just can't afford to sit around waiting for people to bring stuff to you. You got to go get it. I mean, that's in any business. Like, you can't sit at Home Depot waiting for a guy to come in and be like, What's up, man? Oh, I got to get a hot water heater. Hey, let me install it. No, they those guys advertise. They're out there. Yep. You know, they're waiting. They're telling a thousand people, "Hey, if your hot water heater goes, I'm here to replace it." Yep. So, build recurring revenue, and you can get multiples of your revenue per year. And offers. No, I mean, like, like if you're get, if you if you're doing a million dollars a year worth of home delivery dry cleaning, yeah. you might be able to get somebody to come in and give you three or five million dollars for that business because the other way if you have the retail location in a store what you're doing is you're selling someone a job yeah Yeah, they're not going to want to come in and be like all right well you you made you know this i'm going to pay for this job like i did i mean that's kind of what you know exactly so but we're young yet yeah we got a long way to go we'll document it for everybody that's right that's what we're here for my my one uh one employee she said she's got about 10 years left so I got about 10 years to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do. There you go. We got <laughs> our four days to figure this out. Yeah. So um, I think I said that one of the guys that worked for me one time, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, for all the shit that I go through, in five years, if I'm saying these same problems, mm. I'll fucking quit. I'll just <laughs> quit. I'll walk away yeah. and quit. Because if you're not changing anything and you're still bitching about people calling off and the rent being high, what the fuck are you doing? You just yeah. you just became an old guy that's just bitching all the time. Yep. Right. So, well, what do you think? I think it's that's twenty twenty three, man. Twenty twenty three. You know, I think we're all thirty nine, right? Thirty nine. So I don't know where that time went. Next year's a big but, year uh, for us. Yeah, yeah, I really wish we were filming this like December before COVID. Yeah. Like you know, like you have all if these you had that record. Yeah, like you're like yeah. trying because I have it. I was in the dry cleaning laundries magazine my snapshot of what I thought 2020 would look like. Oh. You know, and I'm full of wind, piss, and vinegar. And March 2nd, they were like, you yeah. ain't going to do none of that. Yeah. <laughs> none of that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, yeah, it was, it was, I have, like, I kept the magazine article for that reason. It's like a forever time capsule of my life to realize how bad it was. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, so, hopefully 2024 is not like that. Yeah. Well, but, gentlemen, here's the 2024. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do a good year. It's an election year. It's Let's see what happens. Get out and vote. That's right. If you want to be on the show, reach out to one of us as well. Yep. We'll do a little self-promotion there. But uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. And we're going to take on some sponsors for 2024, too. Yeah, if you want to sponsor our show, yeah. we'll... Uh, it gives us some freedom to say more. I think Dora <laughs> a sponsor for the home pickup and delivery aspect. Of there, it. You there you go. So I'll put something together. We might know a guy. Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Take it Wanna easy. Happy that holidays. <laughs> I was like, thanks, guys. <laughs> Sounded like the fucking. Uh, they got that. I was over it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Between Two Bridges, a business-to-business podcast. Find and follow us on your preferred podcast streaming platform. Like and subscribe and leave us a rating and review. You can join us socially on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Yes, we still call it Twitter. You can email the show at info at between two bridges podcast.com. Until next time, make it till you rake it.